You're listening to Focus on the Bible. The serpent tried to make Eve doubt what God said. In the 1800s, we had a man named Julius Wellhausen who just poisoned four different seminaries in Europe telling the preachers that the Bible was a great collection of wonderful stories, but it couldn't be trusted as the literal Word of God. Would you believe that theory of Julius Wellhausen is still being taught in seminaries in America? Maybe you ought to ask preachers around you if they've been influenced by his work. It was of the devil, but it still stands today in some places. And then today we have modern pastors who agree with Andy Stanley that we need to take the spotlight off the Bible in our churches. All these things have added up to give us a very large problem today, and that is disrespect for the Word of God. A lot of people think that we can't take the Bible literally, that we can't assume that it's the Word of God necessarily, and it causes a lot of people to doubt the gospel story. But friend, without the Bible, we don't have a gospel story. Without the Bible in our churches being faithfully taught by faithful men, we can't teach people about God. What do we have left apart from the scriptures? So I want to give some help today. Let's look at the Bible just from a scientific standpoint. The Bible's not a science book. It's a theology book. But you could expect the Bible to be written by the Creator will have some scientific statements in it. And we expect if the Creator wrote them that He'll know about science and He'll get it right. And He does in the Bible. Let's look at some scriptural evidences in science. First, the earth is round. The Bible says the earth is round. But for a long, long time, everyone in the world, all the nations, believed that the earth was flat. Do you realize that today there are a lot of people who think that you as a believer in the Bible believe that the earth is flat? They just don't know what we believe. But we believe, if we believe the Bible, that the earth is round. For a long, long time, science was playing catch up with what God said in the Bible. Finally, Aristotle stood on a shore and watched ships gradually disappear over the horizon and stepped back from that and made a scientific statement. Aristotle said the earth must be round. And for the first time, science then agreed in that matter with the Bible. Isaiah in chapter 40 and verse 22 says, It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The word circle here in Isaiah 40, 22 is not circle like a quarter. It's circle like a ball. It's a sphere. It's round. The earth is round, says the prophet Isaiah. He wrote that about 600 years before Jesus was born. But tell me, friend, how could Isaiah, a simple prophet in the middle of the Old Testament, know that the earth was round. He didn't have a rocket. He didn't know what a satellite was. He never left the surface of the earth in his lifetime. How could he know that the earth was round? Well, because he's under inspiration from God. That's how he knew. And God told him what to write. He wrote, it's round. It's round. All by inspiration from God. 
So if Isaiah knew in his day that the earth is round, having no scientific equipment like we have today, we can trust the word of God to be true. Amen. Here's evidence number two. The, the earth is a heavy ball of dirt. But what supports it? What's holding up the earth? Well, people have always asked that question, haven't they? Before 1000 AD, Egyptians believed and taught their children that the earth was supported by tall posts. There were five of those posts, they said. But what supported the posts? The Hindus were teaching their children that the earth was supported on the back of an elephant. And they said the earth was supported by a turtle who was swimming in a cosmic sea. People always had their stories about what was holding up the earth. In 1608, we had a brilliant scientist and mathematician named Sir Isaac Newton. He understood algebraic equations. He even figured out the weight of the earth. He said the entire weight of the earth is 600 billion trillion tons of dirt. He also figured out that the earth is not supported by anything. He said the earth is just held in place. It's suspended in space by its attraction to other heavenly bodies. And for the first time, Sir Isaac Newton, speaking for science, finally caught up and agreed with what the Bible said all along. In Job chapter 26, verse number 7, God said it like this, He stretcheth out the north over the empty place, and hangeth the earth upon nothing. Now, if you're an atheist today or don't believe the Bible, you should be very afraid because there the earth is hanging on nothing. What is it that's holding that up except the word and creative power of God? I can rest easy tonight knowing that God who suspended the earth out there on nothing is still holding that in place, and nothing is going to happen to our world apart from the power of God. Amen. But how did Job know that the earth hangs on nothing? Who told him? He didn't know algebra. He had no rocket, no spaceship, no camera, no nothing. But what he did have was the inspiration from God, the one who breathed the word of God to faithful people who wrote it down just as God had said. Friend, I hope you're marking these places in your Bible. People don't know the Bible have, has these evidences of the truth and that it comes from God. Maybe if you show them these scientific facts, they'll be more likely to accept the evidence and put the Word of God on trial in their mind. And the Bible will become the anvil that's worn out all the hammers that ever tried to bang against it. Evidence number three. Have you heard of the second law of thermodynamics? It's a natural law in the universe, often quoted in science. It says basically that things naturally tend to decay. Everything around us is decaying, including ourselves. But now if you leave a ball glove out in the rain, is that a good thing for it? No. It'll get wet and it'll begin to attract mildew. After a while, it'll become dried out and crackled. 
it'll eventually rot. That's the second law of thermodynamics. It's why you bring a pair of blue jeans home from the store and you could pretty much stand them up in a corner and they'll stand by themselves. They're so rigid, they're so stiff, but after a while they begin to wear. After a longer while, they'll wear completely out and you'll have to throw them away after they get too many holes to be decent anymore. Well, that's the second law of thermodynamics. Well, the Bible states the second law in its pages in Isaiah chapter 51 and verse 6. Here's what it says. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke and the earth shall wax old like a garment. And they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever and my righteousness shall not be abolished. So the Bible says very clearly the earth will wax old like a garment. Like that old pair of blue jeans, the earth is going to wear old. And eventually, if given enough time, we know it would wear out. Now, we don't have to worry about that. It's not going to wear out before the Lord is finished with it. Amen. Isaiah 51, 6 says what science took a long, long time to figure out. How did the Bible know? How did the old prophet Isaiah know the second law of thermodynamics? Well, he was given what to say in the Bible by the God who created the earth and the heavens and the second law of thermodynamics. The Bible is true. The evidence all points to it. We just need to try the evidence and know for certain that our conclusion is the Bible is the word of God. It's true in every aspect. Here's a fourth scientific evidence about the truth of Scripture. Did you ever try to count the stars? I did. I think I got to about 50 before it grew tiring to me, and I called it a night. But people have always tried to count the stars and actually believed they could. The great scientist Ptolemy in 150 A.D. counted 1,056 stars. That's where he stopped. But he made an announcement speaking for science. He said there can't be more than 3,000. Well, he was wrong about that, wasn't he? In 1608, a great scientist named Galileo used a telescope for the first time. He looked in the stars and they just about blew out his eyeball. He stepped away from that telescope and made a scientific announcement. The stars cannot be numbered. And for the first time, regarding the stars, science agreed with the Bible. In Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 22, the Bible says, As the host of heaven cannot be numbered. Science agrees with the Bible, but it took science a long, long time to know what Jeremiah was told by God. How did Jeremiah know? He's a simple prophet speaking for God. Well, he knew not because he had a telescope, but because God told him the stars can't be numbered. And Jeremiah, like the other authors of Scripture, wrote down what God told him to write in the Bible. Although he didn't understand it, he had no way to back it. But he wrote faithfully what God said to be true. And because of that, we can trust that the Bible is truly the Word of God. Amen. 
Friend, the Bible says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. It took a long time for science to figure that out. That could have saved George Washington's life, but that's a story for another day. The Bible speaks about dinosaurs, and they are not a threat to our faith. The Bible is the Word of God. Let me tell you a story. One day I presented these scientific evidences and some others to a crowd. There was a teenage boy in that crowd who sat long after I was finished speaking about the scientific evidence of the Bible. He had his head down, and finally he was approached and asked, What what are you thinking? He said, If what Freddie said is true, it's very scary. What he meant was, if the Bible is true, then I'm accountable to my sin for God. If the Bible is true, there is a God. If the Bible is true, then what it says about heaven is real, and what it says about hell is real. If the Bible is true, and I'm a sinner, I'll go to hell, and that is very scary to me. And that day, that young man put his faith in Jesus Christ, the central figure of the Bible. Friend, do you need to rest your faith in Jesus Christ because you know the Bible is true? Oh, I hope you do. But do you understand that Jesus Christ is the character that the Bible rests upon? Everything in the Bible is written that we might know that Jesus is the Christ and in believing in Him, we'll have everlasting life. Here's what He did for you. You and I are sinners. Because of our sin, the Bible says that we owe a death penalty. And the death penalty has never been changed. The death penalty abides on your sin today. Nothing more than death, nothing less than death, nothing else but death. And that's where Jesus Christ comes in. He came into our world as God, God with a skin, because God is going to pay the death penalty for your sin and mine because He loves us that much. And because God loves us, Jesus Christ took a body. Why did He take a body? Because He's going to die, and if you're God, you'll need a body for that. When Jesus Christ in that human body went to the cross, He went there for you. He died on that cross and paid every sin of your life, little sin, big sin, even secret sins. You wouldn't want anyone to know it all was paid by Jesus. If you'll put your faith in Him, the Bible says you'll have the gift of God, eternal life. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddiecoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible.